Sunday, 10.30 a.m. for the morning service, 5 o'clock for uh, the evening service. Hope you can be here and be a part of that. Luke chapter number 2 is where we're going to be tonight. We're going to look at two verses. Luke chapter number 2, and we'll begin in verse number 25. Look at verses 25 and 26 tonight. We have before us tonight one of those little spoken of characters in what we would consider the Christmas story, uh, but one of the most intriguing characters is the man Simeon. Verse number 25, the Bible says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Let me say something tonight before we get into the message. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks of you. and It doesn't matter what anybody says about you. You just be just and devout. And let God make that call. God's the one that matters anyway. Let God make that decision. People will talk about you. And people will say things about you. And people will nitpick how you do things and what you do. You just keep being just and devout and let God handle it. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. In those two verses, what is Simeon doing? He's waiting. He's waiting on the Messiah. He's waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's waiting. And tonight I want to bring us a message entitled, While You Are Waiting. While You Are Waiting. This is, will not necessarily be a, a Christmas message tonight, but I do not want us to miss the truth that we find in these two verses. The word wait, it means to stay where one is or delay action until a particular time or until something else happens. Now, by the way, it also carries the idea of service. A number of times, many times in the scriptures where you see the word wait, uh, it is telling us to wait, uh, to be still until we know exactly how to move forward. But it is also speaking to us about serving, the idea of a waiter. We know what that is, right? It's the idea of serving as well. And the Bible says there in verse number 25, and I'm going to take us back to the uh, we'll go back and begin in the Old Testament. We won't end there. It won't be just the Old Testament. But I want us to see a number of verses tonight speaking about that word wait. While you are waiting. Might be someone in here tonight, you're waiting on an answer to prayer. Okay, so what are you doing while you're waiting? What are you doing while you're waiting? You know, one of the biggest areas, and I think the Lord constantly has to grow us and help us. I, I shouldn't say it that way. He constantly has to grow me is in this area of finances. Isn't it hard to wait on the Lord sometimes when it comes to finances? 
because we something happens and we immediately want to run and we can fix the problem and we can fix it by getting alone. Now, I'm not saying tonight that getting alone is all, always wrong. I'm not saying that tonight, okay? So don't anybody misunderstand. But sometimes we rush into something that we ought not do because we didn't wait to allow God to handle it. We didn't wait to see, you know what, let's, let's pray about it, let's ask God about it, let's see, let's find out God's mind on it. Now sometimes that's hard because sometimes you have to wait a while, right? Or if you're like me, sometimes I don't wait as long as I should. We get tired of waiting on the Lord sometimes, don't we? Okay, but what do we do while we're waiting? What do we do while we're praying? What do we do while we're asking God to, to work in this area, to, to answer a prayer, to show us exactly what He would have us to do, to show us exactly what, uh, where He would have us to go, exactly what He'd have us to give? What do we do while we're waiting? I want us to see that tonight in Luke chapter 2. But before we do, I want us to take our Bibles and go back. Let's start, let's begin in the book of Psalm. In the book of the Psalms, specifically Psalm 25. Psalm 25. And we're going to look at a number of passages, so please don't get tired. Stay with me. Psalm 25. Now, by the way, in the message tonight, I'm presuming that we are waiting. Okay, that, that's just a presumption. That could be a whole message in and of itself. We, we, we mentioned that just a second ago. That could be a whole message how we need to wait, okay? But I'm going to presume tonight because that's what Simeon was doing. He was waiting. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the Messiah. He was waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want us to see what he was doing while he was waiting. Look at Psalm 25 if you would. A Psalm of David, verse 1, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in Thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Now notice verse number 3. Yea, let none that wait on Thee be what? Ashamed. And by the way, if we will wait on Him, we won't be ashamed, will we? But He says, Yea, let none that wait on Thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. We could really read the entirety of the psalm. Verse number 5, he says, Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Look at verse number 21. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Let integrity and uprightness Preserve me, for I wait on thee. It's a good verse. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me. What did the Bible say about Simeon? I'll get a little ahead of myself here, but what, is, what, what were the two character traits that it mentioned about Simeon? Just and devout. We'll talk about those in just a minute. But just and devout. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. 
Hey, teenagers tonight, let me encourage you. When it seems like everybody else around you is acting like a fool, let integrity and uprightness preserve you. When people make fun of you because you want to live according to the Word of God, you just wait on the Lord. You just be patient and wait on Him to show Himself strong in your life. Wait on Him. Serve Him. Wait on Him. Because integrity and uprightness will preserve you. But sometimes we have to wait on that. Don't we? Sometimes we don't get to see it immediately. He says, for I wait on thee. Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Verse number 14. Again, we could read the whole psalm. Psalm 27, a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What's the answer to that? Nobody. No one. Of whom shall I be afraid? If the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? No one. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? No one. If He is truly, if He is truly my light and my salvation. And then in verse number 14, He says, wait on the Lord. Verse 13, He says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You see, we don't see and then we believe. We believe and then we see. Hey, hey, hey. Are y'all here? We don't see and then we believe. We believe and then we see. The psalmist David said, he said, I would have fainted unless I had believed. To see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I, had, I would have fainted unless I had believed that God was going to do something good. That I was going to see the good hand of God in the land of the living. I would have fainted. You ever been there? Ready just to quit? To stop? But in your heart you still believe? You're not seeing it right at the moment. You're not seeing it come to fruition right at that time. But it takes belief, it takes faith to see and to trust. God, I trust you even right now when I don't see anything. He says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Verse number 7. Again, a Psalm of David. Verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they, excuse me, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Verse number 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Verse number 9. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait... Upon the Lord they shall inherit the earth. Verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep His way and He shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. What does it say there? Wait on the Lord and keep His way and He shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Wait. Be patient. 
Psalm 62. By the way, would you go back to Psalm 37? Could you do that? Verse 34, would you look at that again? The Bible says, wait on the Lord and keep his way. What does it say he shall do? He shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, Thou shalt see it. You know what he says? He says, wait. He says, if you wait, God will bless. If you wait, God will bless. I watched this past Monday night. I was, just, I was listening to a message. I was listening to some preaching and something came into my feed and uh, it, it interested me because the podcast that came into my feed, I saw a name that caught my eye and it interested me. It was the name of a young man who had stayed in our home about 10 years ago. He was in a traveling singing group from a Christian college and he had come and he had stayed in our home. And I listened to this podcast. It was about an hour, it was out, it was one hour and four minutes. And I listened to the entirety of it. This young man doesn't believe anything anymore. This young man, in the, in the process of that 64 minutes, he made fun of pastors because they don't make money. And he talked about how he was getting close to the end of his time in Bible college. and He was there to be a pastor. He was there studying to be a pastor in ministry. And that last year in Bible college, he began to work a job doing door-to-door sales. And he did really well. He did really well and he started making money. And he says so by the time he was getting close to graduating from Bible college, he said he began to feel like, you know what, I really don't want to go into ministry. I, 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 I enjoy this. And by the way, let me say this. If he enjoyed it and he felt like that's what God wanted him to do and maybe he had just been studying ministry because he felt like that was something else somebody, somebody else wanted him to do, then he should have gone and done it. But he, he said he felt like, you know, I, I, wanna, I wanted to go do this other job because I was really good at it and I made money. And, and uh, he said, my, my fiance and I, we, uh, we went across the country for a job interview to be a, to be a youth pastor at this really small church. And he said during the, during the whole interview, he told me everything I was going to have to do and told me he wanted me to be the, it was a small church, but they had a Christian school and he wanted me to be the principal and my wife would be the secretary. And he said he told me all these things that I would have to do and we'd have to do it for $24,000 a year. And by the way, I, I believe someone going into the ministry that the church ought to take care of them. I believe that. But I also believe that God is the greatest provider of any. And this young man made the comment. He said, you know, I, I sit there and listen to that pastor tell me 
everything I was going to have to do. And he said what I realized was he was going to make me do everything and all he was going to do was work on Sunday and Wednesday and just step in the pulpit and preach and he was going to make me do everything else. You must know him, Brother Benny. (laughs) But he got ready to graduate and he did. And he went and talked to his pastor. He went and talked to the the president of the college and the president of the college told him listen that's just the money speaking God's called you to the ministry you need to go into the ministry and so he made the statement he said nobody wanted to listen to me okay I get that We, we don't listen to people sometimes but instead of just going and doing what he felt like he should do and still serving God and still being in a good church and still being a good husband and still being a, a good father and just being a good Christian, he left everything. Now to the point where I was hoping they would get to it in that 64 minutes, but they never really did get to asking him, the guy asking him the question, what he believes now. He did make the statement that he does believe that there are still moral codes that we should live by but that he grabs those moral codes from lots of different belief systems. Okay, here's what I say about that. You have no point of authority. I mean, if you're grasping from 20 different belief systems, who's your point of authority? That's not a point of authority. Every man does that which is right in his own eyes. But my point in saying all of that, because number one, it grieved my heart. Here's a young man who stayed in our home. And now he doesn't believe anything. But secondly, it grieved my heart because I know God takes care. And if a person will serve and wait, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's about serving and waiting and allowing God to provide. And it's not about the money. And again, I'm not saying, if this young man was not supposed to be in the ministry and he should have been doing something else and, and just been a good Christian in a good church, fine. I believe sometimes we have a lot of young men who go to Bible college because that's what their daddy wants them to do or that's what their mama wants them to do or that's what their pastor wants them to do. That's wrong. It has to be God's calling upon their lives. Because when the rough times come, mama's not going to be able to keep them in the ministry. God is. Daddy's not going to be able to help him to stay in the ministry. God is. And it's not about the money. It's about waiting upon God. And the Bible says there in Psalm 37, verse number 34, and whether you're in the ministry or not, whatever you do for a living, it's God that provides. Because see, what that young man never said and what he failed to realize and what he failed to say was, you know what, I was a pretty good door-to-door salesman because God gave me the ability to do so. But he never said that. Wait on the Lord and keep His way. And He shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, Thou shalt see it. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. 
Psalm 62, would you turn there? Hey, don't get scared because the outline's short, okay? Psalm 62. Another Psalm of David, he says, Truly my soul waiteth upon God, from Him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? You shall be slain, all of you. As a bowing wall shall you be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah, my soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. You see, when our expectation is from Him, it gives us that ability to wait. Because we know that our expectation comes from heaven. It comes from God. He only, again, verse 6, is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Wait. Go a little bit further if you would to Psalm 130. And we'll hasten along. Psalm 130. Verse number 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And notice this. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And in His word... Do I hope? It's His Word that gives us the strength to wait because it's in His Word that we hope. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait. And in His Word do I hope. Proverbs chapter number 1. Proverbs 1, these next two or three verses, these are, uh, this is the bad side of it, if I could put it that way. Proverbs chapter number 1, verse number 18. Proverbs 1, verse number 18, the Bible says, And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. This is speaking about the wicked. They wait for what? They wait for blood. Go a little bit further. Proverbs chapter number seven, excuse me, 7 and verse number 12. Proverbs 7, verse number 12. Speaking about the strange woman, Proverbs 7 and verse number 12. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. That's what the devil does. God wants us to wait, but you know who else waits? The devil does. He waits for that opportunity. He waits for that chance to get his foot in the door. He waits. By the way, he's patient, isn't he? So many, many times. He's patient. And the Bible says, Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. That's some patient waiting. Proverbs chapter number 12, verse number 6. Proverbs 12, verse number 6. The Bible says, For the, or excuse me, the words of the wicked are to what? Lie in wait for blood. The words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Isaiah chapter number 30. Isaiah chapter number 30. Just a few more. Isaiah chapter 30. 
Verse number 18, the Bible says, And therefore will the Lord wait that He may be gracious unto you, and therefore will He be exalted that He may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for Him. We, we have a double weight there. We, we, we have the Bible telling us, we have God Almighty telling us that the Lord will wait. And therefore will the Lord wait that He may be gracious unto you. Blessed are all they that wait for Him. A little bit further, Isaiah chapter 40. This will be a very familiar one to you. Isaiah chapter number 40 and verse number 31. The Bible says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall do what? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. They that wait shall renew their strength. Lamentations chapter number 3. Lamentations chapter number 3. Two verses here. Verses 25 and 26. Verse 25, the Bible says, The Lord is good unto them that do what? Wait for Him to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. By the way, that's exactly what Simeon is doing. He is waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's waiting for the Messiah. He's waiting for salvation. We're not even going to fix our attention on this tonight, but in that passage, and Lord willing, we'll come back to it, but in that passage, He said, look, now I can go. Now I can die. Because I've seen what? Anybody know? I've seen the salvation of the Lord. I have seen Jesus Christ. I've seen the Messiah. I've seen the salvation of the Lord. I can go now. I can die now. It's okay. I've seen the salvation of the Lord. Excuse me. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter number 8. Romans 8 verse number 25. The Bible says, But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Verse 24, he says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. One more, 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. By the way, in the book of Titus, in Titus chapter 2, the Bible tells us that we're looking for what? What are we looking for? That blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse number 10. The Bible says, And to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Thessalonians is, and we went through it a couple years ago, but 1 Thessalonians is such a wonderful book. These dear people... The Bible says it right here. I think maybe we've referenced it recently. He says in verse number 6, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in what? Much affliction. 
Paul went to Thessalonica and he's preaching and people are being saved and they, they, they usher the believers, they usher Paul out of Thessalonica because they're afraid he's going to be killed. They're afraid because of all the persecution that the Apostle Paul is going to be the one that's going to die and so they, they usher him out. But he finds out later when Timothy comes and, and sees him, the Bible says in chapter 3 that, that, that he has great concern for this church and for the baby believers and he finds out that they're still doing well. But here in verse 6, he says, You receive the word in much affliction and joy of the Holy Ghost. And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. You know, that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for the Lord to come back. Here's the thing, we're waiting for two things. We're waiting for the Lord to come back or we're waiting for death. That's what we're doing. So the question tonight is this, what are we doing while we're waiting? While you are waiting, what are you doing? Go back to Luke chapter number 2 and I'm going to give us three things quickly that Simeon was doing while he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, while he was waiting for the salvation of the Lord. Now please don't misunderstand tonight. If you've trusted Christ as Savior, you're saved tonight. When I say we're waiting, we're waiting for... Uh, that glorification, we're, we're waiting for our faith to become sight, right? We're waiting for that, for, whether it's by death or whether it's by the Lord coming back, we're waiting for our faith to become sight. Even though we're already saved. So what are we doing while we're waiting? Let me give you three things. Number one, while he waited, Simeon was living. Oh, Pastor, that makes sense. He was living. He was living. How was he living? Three words let me give you. Justly, devoutly, and spiritually. Justly. By the way, those really mesh together. They're, they're not... They're, they're separate words and they're different. But they all speak to the character of the man. While he was waiting, Simeon was living. Justly, devoutly, and spiritually. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost was upon him. He was a Spirit-filled man. He walked in the Spirit. The Holy Ghost was upon him. He was a Spirit-filled man. He walked justly, speaking of righteously, speaking of Judging right. Speaking of no bias. He didn't play favorites. He judged based upon the authority of God's Word. He was a just man. He, he, didn't, he didn't judge one way because it was this person. He didn't, judge, he didn't act one way because he was around one group of people. And then he acted another way because he was around another group of people. No, the Bible says... He was a just man based upon the authority of God's Word. He lived justly. He lived devoutly. Carries the idea of careful, cautious, circumspect. We see that word in, in Ephesians chapter number 5 speaking of the fact that we are to walk circumspectly. We, we've used this illustration before because it illustrates that word circumspectly. If you've ever seen a cat walk on a, a very slim... Um, fence 
and they're putting one foot in front of the other. That's the idea of circumspectly. We're walking carefully and we're walking excuse me, cautiously. That's the idea of devout. The Bible says in Acts chapter number 8 that it was devout men who carried Stephen's body after he was stoned. Devout men, careful men, cautious men, circumspect men. By the way, this is why you ought to be very careful clicking on anything that comes into your feed. I watched that podcast, and after I watched that, something else came into my feed from another young man who was here at the exact same time. Two young men together on a tour group at the exact same time. This young man, I, he, he still loves the Lord. Don't have any doubt about it. Don't have any doubt. But what came to my feed was a video of him proposing to his wife. He's, well, to be wife. They're in Hawaii. This is a young man in the ministry. This is a young man who is a pastor. Proposing to his wife in Hawaii. They are scuba diving together. Not scuba diving. They're in the water together. Both have hardly absolutely any clothes on. They come out of the water, they get up on this big rock. He gets down on one knee and he proposes and he puts that video out there for all the world to see. Now you may be okay with that, I'm not. Well, he can do whatever he wants, absolutely right. But don't come to my church on a tour group and talk about how you love Christ and then you're going to put a video out like that. That my young people at this church can watch and see and think that's okay. Because that's not okay. Because the Bible said it's good for a man not to touch a woman outside of the bounds of marriage. And when it says it's good for a man not to touch a woman, it speaks about sparking a fire. Two young people hugging with very little clothes on is going to spark a fire. And if it doesn't, then I question his manhood. You say, well, Pastor, he's more spiritual than you. No, he's not. Because nobody wants to see that. And nobody needs to see that. And you're a pastor. You're supposed to have influence over people. And that's not just, and that's not devout, and that's not spiritual. While we're waiting, we're to be living. Well, Pastor, you're just making judgment on that young man. If I am making judgment, it's not in the realm of God because God will be the one who will eventually judge, but it is making judgment based upon the Word of God. And the Bible says that uncovering the thigh is nakedness. And she had way more than the thigh uncovered. That ain't right. While we're waiting, you know what we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be living. As Christians, we're supposed to be living. Justly, devoutly, and spiritually. Let me give you number two. Number two, while Simeon waited, while he was waiting, excuse me, waiting, Simeon was living. 
So, Pastor, why are you talking about that tonight? Because it's on my heart, it breaks my heart. If any of our young people ever do that, I'm coming to see you. That's not a good testimony for Jesus Christ. Now, it may be okay with the world, and it may be okay with the carnal church and the contemporary church, but it's not okay with God. God hasn't changed, and God will never change. When God speaks of modesty, men and women, excuse me, women dressing modestly, He hasn't changed on that. He hasn't changed. Modest. This is a great Christmas message. Number two. By the way, those young men would make fun of Simeon. Shame, 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 shame. Look at that old man living devoutly and justly, Holy Ghost upon him, they would make fun of that. While he was waiting, Simeon was living. Number two, while he was waiting, Simeon was trusting. Would you look at verse 26? Verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him, by the Holy Ghost, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Number one, while he was waiting, Simeon was living justly, devoutly, spiritually. Holy Ghost was upon him. Number two, while he was waiting, Simeon was trusting. What was he trusting? He was trusting the promises from the Scriptures. He was trusting the promises from the Scriptures. He was trusting that this Messiah would come from the seed of Christ, Genesis 3.15. He was trusting that this Messiah, this consolation of Israel, would come through the line of Jesse and then the line of David, Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1, 2 Samuel chapter 10, Psalm 132. He was trusting that this Messiah would come from the town of Bethlehem, Micah 5.2. He was trusting that he would be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7.14, that he would be called Emmanuel, Isaiah 7.14, that he would be called the Lord our righteousness, Jeremiah 23.6, Malachi 4.2, that he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, excuse me, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9.6. He, he, he believed and he trusted that this Messiah, this consolation of Israel would come in humility, Zechariah 9.9. He trusted that he would crush the head of the serpent. Genesis 3.15 once again. He trusted that he would be rejected by man. That he would be crushed by the Father. Isaiah chapter 53. He trusted that he would die the substitutionary death for sinners to provide forgiveness and salvation. Once again, Isaiah 53. He trusted that this Messiah, this consolation of Israel would be resurrected from the dead. Psalm 16 and verse number 10. You say, Pastor, I don't see any of that in there. This man is waiting for the consolation of Israel. 
He knew his Bible. He knew the Scriptures. By the way, I believe, and it doesn't say it here, and I'm not trying to add to what the Bible says, but I believe that Simeon most likely knew it was close. He would have known the time frame. He would have known the prophecies, again, of where he was going to be born, of the time frame of when he was going to be born. While he waited, Simeon was trusting. He trusted that this Messiah would be given glory and everlasting dominion over all the nations of the earth and that His kingdom will be established, would be and is and will be established forever. Daniel chapter 7, 2 Samuel 7, Psalm 132. And we could give many, 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 many more. While he was waiting, Simeon was trusting. He was trusting the promises from the Scriptures. He was trusting the promises of a Savior. And he was trusting the promise that he would see. You see that again in verse 26? The Holy Ghost revealed to him that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. While he was waiting, Simeon was living. While he was waiting, Simeon was trusting. Then number three tonight, while he was waiting... Simeon was serving. What capacity was he serving in? I'm not sure. But I do know he was serving. How do you know that, Pastor? Would you look with me at verse number 29? Verse 27, he says, And he came by the Spirit into the temple. The Spirit led him into the temple. Right when Mary and Joseph are taking Christ to the temple to make sacrifice as the Old Testament had commanded them to do, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took, excuse me, then took he up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. So what are you doing while you're waiting? Well, I hope tonight that while we're waiting, we're living. You have to live life, don't you? I hope we're living. I hope we're going about our days and we're living and we're living and we're living. I hope that as moms and dads, we're getting up every day and we're getting into the Word of God and we're saying, you know what? How am I supposed to train my children today? What does the Bible say about how I'm supposed to train my kids? What does the Bible say about me as a mom or me as a dad? I need to study the Bible to know what the Bible says about that. And we get up every day and we live justly, devoutly, and spiritually. We, we say it all the time. We cannot and we must not compartmentalize our Christian lives. It is who we are. Well, Pastor, I'm a Christian on Sunday. And I'm a Christian on Wednesday and I'm a Christian on Saturday when we come for soul winning and I'm a Christian when we have special prayer times and I'm a Christian when we have fellowships together. I, I'm, I'm a Christian those days and I know, I know how to speak Christian and I know how to act Christian. I know how to do that. But on Monday when I get up to go to work and on Tuesday, you know, that's, that's my secular work life. 
And on Friday night when I go out with my friends, that's my Friday night entertainment time. Okay, we can't compartmentalize. If I'm a blood-bought child of God, that's who I am. That's, that's my description. I don't, turn, I don't flip it on and flip it off. Right? I don't turn it on on Sunday morning at um, uh, 9.56 when I walk in the doors. Sometimes people will, will, will roll in at about 20 to 10 and they'll say, where's everybody at? Say, you know better than that. What, do you, that. what kind of question is that? You know better than that. They all come between 9.55 and 10 o'clock or maybe 10.05 if they're a Sunday school teacher. Did I say that out loud? Just kidding. Just kidding. They'll be here. Okay, we don't flip it on at 9.55, right? Right? We don't flip it on after we slam the car door out in the parking lot. After we've just had a fight with our spouse. See, there's pros and cons to living by the church. And one of those is we don't ever fight on the way to church. <laughs> ever. Now we might fight before, but not on the way to church. Slam the door and then we flip it on. Now I get it. Sometimes that happens. Praise God for His grace, right? But we don't flip it on and flip it off. It's who we are every single day. We don't, we don't flip it on and flip it off based on what we're watching or based on, upon what we're listening to. No, we're, that's who we are all the time. And so while we're waiting, we're living. While we're waiting, we're trusting. Lord, I, I don't know how this is all going to work out with this financial situation, but Lord, I'm, I'm being patient and I'm trusting. I'm being patient and I'm trusting. Just keep trusting. Just keep trusting. Trust the promises of the Scriptures. Trust the promises of the Savior. And trust the promise that, hey, I'll see eventually. I'm not seeing it right now, but I'll see. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, I know you're going to let me see it because I believe it. And then while he was waiting, Simeon was serving. He's just serving. Just serving. Again, just doing what he's supposed to do. Just getting up serving. While he was waiting, he was serving. I, I don't know. I don't know when death is going to come, and I don't know when the Lord's going to come. I don't know that. Neither do you. Father, that's a good thing. Because if we knew when death was coming, that we would we would be anxious, wouldn't we? We don't know when that's coming. We don't know when the Lord's coming. We don't know if He's coming in our life. We don't know. But here's what we do know. We can serve. And not just that we can serve, we should serve. Serving Him. Whatever capacity, whatever gift God has given you to serve Him with. So what are you doing while you're waiting? What do you do when you wait in a doctor's office? Read a magazine, scroll social media, 
You talk to the person in the waiting room with you. Okay, what do we do while we're waiting and living this life? We live it. We live it. And we live it like Simeon. Justly, devoutly, and spiritually. We trust. Again, we trust like Simeon. Can you imagine? Do you ever put your, try to put yourself into the shoes of people like Simeon? A Jew who was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Who had probably most likely been taught all of his life about the Messiah. And he got to see him. And all that time, he's trusting that he's going to see the consolation of Israel. He's trusting. And we trust for a week, and if it doesn't happen, we give up, right? We pray for a lost family member, and if it doesn't happen in a couple months, then we quit, we give up. Or we trust for a day when it comes to finances. Well, God didn't rain a million dollars down. He didn't put it in my uh, mailbox today, so I'm going to go to the bank tomorrow. Wait. And while you wait, trust. And while you wait, serve. Serve. I'm thankful tonight that that young man was wrong. Most pastors that are worth their salt are servants of the Most High God. And they'll do anything that He asks them to do. Because it's not about the money. It's just about serving. I'm thankful that most church members, the vast majority of church members, especially at Maranatha Baptist Church, they'll do whatever God Almighty asks them to do. It's not above them. It's not below them. They'll do it. Because it's not about the money and they don't care who sees it or who doesn't see it. They don't care. They'll just do it. And they serve. God help us tonight. Amen. Live, trust, and serve. That's what Simeon did. Father, we love you tonight. Help us. Father, while we wait, maybe tonight someone's waiting on a prayer to be answered, Lord. Father, while we're waiting, would you help us to live? Lord, while we're waiting for a prayer to be answered, help us not to get detoured off the path. Lord, help us to live. Help us to trust. And help us just to keep serving. Until that prayer is answered or until we see what you desire for us to see, Father, I pray that we'll just keep serving, keep trusting, keep living. Help us to be that kind of people tonight, Lord, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. If you're physically able, I'll ask you to stand with your heads bowed and eyes, eyes closed, pages at the piano. Maybe tonight you would need to come and just bend the knee or maybe right where you're at in your seat, you need to bend the knee and say, Lord, help me as your child. While I'm waiting, whether it's waiting on the Lord, waiting for Him to come back or, or waiting for a prayer to be answered, whatever it may be tonight, Lord, while I'm waiting, help me to live, help me to trust, and help me to serve. Pages plain. If you need to come and pray, if you need to kneel and pray, do so. Hey, teenagers, 
while you're waiting for God to show you who that young lady or that young man should be, you know what you need to do? You don't need to fret about it. You don't need to try to manipulate the situation. You need to live and you need to trust and you need to serve. You need to live. You need to trust and you need to serve. Don't just live any old way. Live justly and devoutly and spiritually. Let the Holy Spirit guide you on a daily basis. Let the Word of God in tandem with the Holy Spirit guide you on a daily basis. Live. Trust. Serve. That's what Simeon did. He's waiting for the Messiah. He wants to see the Messiah. The Holy Spirit promises He's going to see the Messiah before He dies. And while He's waiting, He's living. While He's waiting, He's trusting. And while He's waiting, He's serving. Trusting Jesus, that is all, the song says. Trusting Jesus, that is all. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed tonight. I want to encourage you to to stay, and if you can, stay and pray. Get with your family and spend some time in prayer tonight for these requests that were mentioned. I'm going to ask Brother Steve to pray for us and close us tonight, and we'll look forward to seeing you Sunday at 1030. Brother Steve, you close us, please.